This week on a very special mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer, we're discussing our favorite time capsule movies. Hello and welcome to a glorious new mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Bromley. I can't live up to that intro because I'm just John Rooney. Oh, thank you, John. Right? Yeah. That's so nice. You know what's not nice? Decades. Let's talk about them. <laughs> That's right. This week, uh, in advance of next week's full episode, we'll be talking about the movie Hackers, a movie that basically defines a small portion of the 1990s. It's a time capsule of a version of the 90s that never existed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this week, we're going to be discussing uh, our favorite time capsule movies. Movies that are representative of a, an era, a decade, a time. Uh, and also, maybe good, hopefully. Yeah-ish. <laughs> Yeah-ish. <laughs> so we're going to go uh, chronologically. We're going to begin in the because the 70s, because there's only three of us, and we can only cover three decades, and we don't want to do the 2000s or the 2010s, and we don't want to do anything before the 70s. We're doing the 70s first, and John... Time Caps movie of the 70s. A little movie you may have heard of called A Midnight Cowboy. Ooh, I have heard of it. Yeah, a fun piece of trivia is that it is the only X-rated movie to win an Academy Award. Nice. That's right. Uh, And it also has a real-life sex criminal in it in the form of Dustin Hoffman. Yes, it does. Which is interesting because it involves a character who plays a sex worker. Yeah. Isn't he a gigolo? Isn't that the whole thing? Yeah, he is the titular Midnight Cowboy, which is a slang for, yeah, male prostitute. Mm. Mm. Uh, I think I'm confusing large chunks of this movie with that one episode of Flight of the Concords. (laughs) (laughs) That happens. But it's still a good movie. It's got a, yeah, it's got that immortal line, hey, I'm walking here. Yeah, by uh, Dustin Hoffman's Ratso Rizzo. Ratso Rizzo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's got that sweet Harry Nilsson song. Mm -hmm. Everybody's talking talking at me. (laughs) I want to sing. Yeah, and it's uh, starring John Voight in a really incredible performance. I, although now that I'm put on the spot, I can't name another John Voight performance other than that one episode of Seinfeld where Kramer thinks he keeps seeing John Voight. Interesting. So you haven't seen the movie Anaconda? Probably the greatest modern John Voight performance. Jesus Christ, I had edited him out of the version in my mind. Uh, he does the most offensive South American accent ever. He in the sure sense, does. In the sense that it's not really a South American accent at all. It's more just a racist making fun of Mexican people, I right, think. Right, yeah. It's a real bad. Uh, that, also, that could be a performance. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, he's also in uh, both National Treasure movies as Benjamin Franklin Gates' father. Oh, that's right. Uh, he plays yeah. Peppy Nick Cage. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. It still holds what, up. But what about it encapsulates the 70s? I it just it encapsulates that like that that pre-Giuliani dirty grimy New York of the 1970s like the New York that you're envisioning in your head when you think of like shitty New York. Right. Yeah. It's it, it's not the Times Square of today where it's like families and Mickey Mouse and TGI right. Fridays. Right. Times Square yeah. is where you went to buy your porn. Yeah. yeah it's and where you went to get, get porn movie theaters. Yeah. And get, and pick get up drugs hookers. and get alcohol. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. 
Very interesting. Very yeah. Interesting. And, and again, it just like culturally leaves such a giant impact that we're still like fun quoting that you know like again you think of New York you think I'm walking here yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, any honorable mention 70s movies we want to uh, bring up that might really encapsulate the period I'll go to bat I guess for Saturday Night Fever sure. uh, it really does sure. encapsulate at least the late 70s the disco era that like 76 through sure. 1980 yeah. weird fun fact is apparently that was Gene Siskel's like all-time favorite movie to the point where he bought one of the suits that was shot in the movie and like had it in like a glass case like that was like his rosebud movie (laughs) it's it's also a movie it's not that good also also it's a movie that when i last rewatched it i was surprised to hear so many of the n-words oh Oh, yes uh and also i i guess like you know, growing up, the way that Saturday Night Fever is in the cultural lexicon is the music and the dancing. Yeah. Everyone knows, you know, they know like Staying Alive and You Should Be Dancing and, you know, all that BG soundtrack yeah, yeah. and stuff. And like all the dance moves in the white suit, the strutting with the paint can. But, but they, they totally forget like the plot. Yeah. yeah. Which is horrifying. Yeah, <laughs> they forget about the part where a lady gets raped yeah. and someone uh, like falls off a fucking bridge and yeah. dies. Like, yeah. it's a weird, brutal movie. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the, John Travolta's family won't stop touching his hair. <laughs> True. Patrick, any uh, uh, honorable mention 70s time capsule movies? I think I've mentioned this for other minisodes before, but uh, I would go with Smokey and the Bandit. It's like an entirely different 70s. It's like a dirty southern 70s and not at all the metropolitan 70s. It sure. has nothing yeah. to do with New York or L.A. or anywhere where anything was happening. Yeah. But I think like... It's flyover seventies. Yeah, right. For a person that grew up in Virginia, like that's a place there that movie that rings true. Like I lots of people, like the fun is speeding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking and speeding. These are my favorite things. It's like of a piece with like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. Where it's that like yeah, that like real dirty, gross, humid, sticky seventies. It's the lighthearted deliverance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I agree with that. I guess also, like, 70s was a real banner decade for, like, slasher horror movies. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, it was all, I would say that it's a banner decade for movies in general. Yeah. I mean, that's the decade that gave us, you know, what they call New Hollywood now. Yeah, it gave it us Star Wars. It gave us Jaws. I mean, Spielberg, Lucas, Coppola, oh, yeah. De Palma, you know, uh, Milius, like, all those guys who came yeah. out, Scorsese, all those guys who came out of the New Hollywood, that, like, film school group. Yeah, that kind of started in the tail end of the 70s and, like, really took over Hollywood in the 80s. Yeah. Well, it started in the tail end of the 60s and took over in the 70s. By the 70s, yeah. you had, like... Taxi Driver and Godfather yeah, you're right, you're and right. you know Apocalypse Now and stuff like that. Star Wars, Jaws. That was all mid seventies. Like they took over. And yeah, not, Star and not Wars just, would have been seventy seven. Yeah, and mm-hmm. not just critically, but commercially too. Yeah, yeah. Like they were the first people. Who, they were some of the first people who like turned like commercial to critical, like critical success to commercial success. It was a generation that invented like the idea of like going out to the movies. Like the movies were just kind of like a dispensable throwaway kind of like, 
Eh, I guess let's go see a picture for real cheap because there's nothing else to do. But yeah. like, yeah, they brought it back. The, the blockbuster idea. Right. The idea of like, oh no, you stand in line to see a, an exciting new movie yeah. that everybody is going to be talking right. about. Which was something that was real big in like the 30s and 40s, yeah. you know, when like the Hollywood heyday in the studio system, and you had big movies like, you know, like Gone with the Wind and stuff like that. Giant event yeah, movies. The big yeah. Cecil De- B. DeMille yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and that kind of like started to drop off like through the 50s and 60s. 60s uh, until these guys showed up on the scene until Jaws basically changed what a summer blockbuster was. Not the duel? <laughs> <laughs> oh, or that, that episode one. of Columbo, I think he directed. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, great. So we finished the 70s and we're going to move on to the 80s. Mark, your favorite 80s time capsule movies. Guys, I'm going with a movie that has everything that the 80s had to offer. God, the 80s had so many. And the 80s had too much. Yeah. Yes. Ed, cool chicks, hot studs, <laughs> a sweet Kenny Loggins song, oh. shirtless volleyball, Lots oh, yeah. of neon and colors. dropping down to give a big, fat, sloppy blowjob to the military industrial complex. Oh, I'm yeah. talking Top Gun. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. That movie Tony is, Scott at his laser-focused finest. That movie is one neon light away from standing up out of the ground <laughs> and being able to be wrapped in a box and just being called the 80s. I know yeah. that didn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't care. Nah, it weird, made sense to me. Like, weird trivia is that like further bonds it to the idea of consumerism is it was the first VHS tape to actually be affordable to buy. Oh, right. Like, VHS tapes to combat the, like, Rental market and like second string or second run movies, they priced them at like hundreds of dollars. Oh, I remember very yeah. vividly going, my mom going to buy the movie Once Around, yeah. the uh, Richard Dreyfus movie oh, yeah. that nobody gives a shit about, and it was $99. Yes. And that was a cheap VHS. Yeah. Yikes. But Top Gun, they, the producers figured out hey, if we put a Coca Cola commercial at the front of this VHS tape, we can treat it like ad revenue. So Top Gun came out for like thirty bucks, oh, right? Wow. And it just had a Coca Cola commercial, like the Coca Cola uh, Coca Cola commercial with like cool jets and like the fucking Kenny Loggins soundtrack. Like it was of a piece with Top Gun. It was like right, thematically right, right. resonant. Yeah. And I mean, the movie resonates, I think, with the '80s in a lot of ways. Number one, of course, it's soundtrack. Uh, it's Kenny Loggins at his. 80s cheesiest you've got Danger Zone as well as uh, Playing With The Boys the Mm -hmm. song that scores the shirtless volleyball scene you also have Berlin's Take My Breath Away which is so fucking weird which is an amazing song but it it is used to score a sex scene which is and that song is so slow it's such a slow moving song and it's bizarre because Berlin was like a punk band at yeah, the they time. Were, yeah, yeah, they were like a like a post like a new punk, wave, new punk wave punk band. band. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was they, their one slow song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like the soundtrack, and then of course, like uh, the big thing was of course Reagan's Reagan's eighties. Yeah, and that movie basically Tony Scott was like, "Hey, the Air Force, like, can we do this with you guys?" Yeah. And they were like, 
yes, please. Yes, you yeah. can. And it was basically a two and a half hour. It's basically a two and a half hour promo. It was a recruitment yeah. video, yeah, for promo. sure. Yeah. Um, and they like fight like a secret Russian plane at the end of it. Like well, they, they fight MIGs, yeah. MIG planes. They never say who flies them. They never show any faces. They're always shrouded in masks and darkness. Yeah. They're just fighting planes. Just, That's yeah. the thing. And for a movie that's ostensibly about fighter pilots fighting people, the only fight is there's one very brief one at the very beginning, and then there's one at the very end, and that's and it. That's it. Yeah. The rest of the movie is singing 50 <clears throat> songs and goose and, dying. Uh, I was going to say, palpable sexual tension between Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise. Well, I mean, that's oh, the important part yeah. for the 80s is you have to have a whole bunch of unspoken homoeroticism. Yes. Yeah. Just like Predator, yeah. everybody here is hot for everybody oh, else. Yeah. You gotta be just in love with the male physique. Yep. And of course it launched our greatest 80s action star, Anthony Edwards. Of <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. uh, no, but like they gave us Tom Cruise. Like that was a movie that yeah. blew Tom Cruise up. Like, you know, he had been in The Outsiders and he had been in Risky Business. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he, he had been uh, much like legend. Michael. Yeah, like much like Michael Keaton. He had been primarily like a dramatic slash comedy actor. He right. wasn't thought of as like an action star. Yes, Definitely. and now here he is all of a sudden. He's Maverick. <laughs> now he's done what? Seven Im- Impossible Missions? Yes, yeah. And soon another Top Gun movie. Yeah. yeah. Which is about, they just released the plot synopsis, it's about him mentoring Goose's son. Wow. It's Creed so with Creed. planes. Yeah. Nice. Uh, any uh, honorable mention uh, 80s uh, time capsule movies? Boy, you've got Wall Street, uh, sure. which Wall is Street. just like, holy shit, Gordon Gecko is the 80s. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you got your Scarfaces. Scarface, Scarface. Like, another movie with the soundtrack uh, is huge. It may have been early 90s, but I always think of Glengarry Glenn Ross as an 80s movie, too. Because I think it's an 80s play. Yeah. Yeah. But the movie may not have been until, like, 91 or 92. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it was mid-90s, like, 93, 94. Yeah. Uh, I would also say, like, like Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a super yeah. Sure, like a lot of the John Hughes yeah. Yeah. And Breakfast Club. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I fucking uh, the dazed and confused sort of kind of that feels more seventies. Yeah, think that is though eighties. I mean, dazed and confused is a nineties movie. Oh 94. shit! Ninety four. Yeah, no right. kidding. Really? Yeah, ninety four. Uh, but it takes place in the seventies. Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. So it, it okay. perfectly it oversteps the, the difference. All right. Yeah. All right, that's fair. Because yeah. I, I mean, if I'm thinking about um, stoner movies from the nineties, I'm thinking Half Baked, not Dazed and Confused. Sure. Half Baked was like the new era of, of the nineties. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you could. John Stewart and people would be like I know him yeah right yeah but they know him from the John Stewart show on, on MTV. MTV with that sweet leather jacket yeah oh. couple of stand up specials he was yeah. that guy that wasn't Richard Lewis <laughs> yeah <laughs> for many years yeah he would usually get double bill with Dennis Leary. Oh, yeah, yeah all the time. For sure. Sure. All right, moving on, Patrick. We come to the 1990s. <laughs> Patrick, what is your time capsule movie that represents the 90s? I think it's a movie that I watched a ton and at the time thought was very funny, but at this point would be nothing but offensive, and that's PCU. Yes. With Jeremy Piven. It, I mean... To be fair, that movie was played, Patrick, we were just talking about this, on Comedy Central ad infinitum. Oh, yeah. And I mean, just so many things, like throwing meat on the animal rights activists. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Convincing the the feminists that what's the line she has? If you uh, if you're nice to them, they'll give you things. Yes. <laughs> when she gets some guy to give her a beer at the end. Yeah, yeah. The band they have playing at the party is everybody gets laid. Yes, yeah. that's right. Tonight at the what was what's the what's the name of their oh yeah like frat? the little hall that they live yeah in? like the frat hall it's called tonight at the pit at the pit tonight at the pit everyone, everyone gets, gets laid, laid and they all play ultimate frisbee all the time. Yeah, it's just called Ultimate, Patrick. That's true. You're <laughs> almost certainly right. Yeah. Boy, comedy from the 90s, I think, aged like milk. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, there buddy. are very few 90s comedies, I think, that have aged very well. Or at least, like, a 90s comedy that doesn't have a huge asterisk of just, like, ignore the casual homophobia. Especially the casual homophobia. Yes. Because, yeah. like, even Bill and Ted has a couple uses of the F.A. slur. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, if you took it out, it would lose nothing. But, like, it was at that point where mainstream society was kind of like, well, we can't be overtly racist anymore, and I guess we can't be overtly sexist anymore, but, like, the gays don't even have a parade yet. Let's have a field day with our edgy comedy. Mm. Yeah. Um, And be cruelly transphobic, too. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Crocodile Dundee. Oh. Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Yeah, I want to speak of the 90s. I mean... (laughs) Oh, man. I think that's another thing, like, if we want to go to honorable mentions of the 90s, pretty much every Jim Carrey and and Adam Sandler movie of that period of time is very representative of the 90s. Yeah, both good and bad. Yeah. I have to imagine rewatching Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, is probably pretty brutal, too. I don't know. I'm betting there are parts of it that probably aren't going to be okay. Sure, but that's one of those movies where it's like, you're trying. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Sort of. You know? I would say the the other thing I think that the nineties to to touch on besides just the comedy is also the idea of like extremeness. The nineties oh, yeah. gave oh, us like yeah. the Mountain Dew, like Dorito, like Nacho Cheesier, Cooler Ranch. The nineties gave us a Nintendo ad campaign that was edgy in your face. Where it was the commercial for Yoshi's Island where the guy explodes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all, just a meaning of life ripoff. Yeah. Sure, I mean all the all the Genesis commercials were just like rah, 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 just yes. screams and flashing lights. Your mom's gonna hate Sonic because he has sneakers, I guess. Does yeah. what Nintendo to So in that vein, uh, Point Break, I think. Is a very '90s movies oh, yeah, like the oh, like sure. even though it's early '90s, the idea of like using extreme sports yeah. and action movie all combined, <laughs> featuring a young Keanu Reeves, the '90s of actors. Oh yes, and a uh, beautiful Patrick Swayze. That <laughs> he is gorgeous. Oh man, even a even a gross Reagan mask can't stop me from nope. ogling yep. those sweet sweet abs. Yeah. <laughs> nom 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 nom. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, 90s was also, again, like, uh, technology had been kind of coming into culture in a weird way where, like, even James Bond is fighting, like, weird Alan Cumming hackers. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, of course, hackers, I think, is part of that thing. We'll talk sure. about that more next yeah. week. And then um, you've got your The Matrixes. Sure, your ma- the matrices. The yes, matrices. the matri. Yeah. Um, so that kind of covers the only three decades that matter, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, what are we going to talk about for the odds? Godzilla 2000? <laughs> I guess is that like, what that decade gave us? 
Well, no, I, I was going to say, I guess the Marvel movies, but that's like 2008. That's yeah. like way at the tail end. Sure. I mean, I would argue that the Marvel movies probably for the 2010s, maybe, oh, definitely, yeah. uh, would be that sort oh, of thing. Oh, yeah, sure. I think the 2000s, whoa, I don't know, man. I guess the... I guess that's, that is... Lord when, of the Rings, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. guess you, you had your Lord of the Rings and you had your uh, Star Wars prequels. prequels. Yeah, I was going to say the, the prequels things. were the big ones. But like, yeah. other than that, you had, it was a land of Roland Emmerichs. Yes. Yeah, you're... You you're yeah, that's true. Uh, and then if you want to go all the way back to the 60s, we'll say the 60s, Hard Day's Night. I think A Hard Day's Night is like yeah. the perfect, like I mean, it's sure. Beatlemania uh, at its height. I'm going Hairspray. Oh, yeah, John Waters. Sure, even though it's an 80s movie. It, yeah. yeah, but it About takes place the 60s. In, yeah. They keep tricking me with those. First it was Dazed and Confused, now it's Hairspray. <laughs> and I guess if you Where do movies go, happen? If you wanted to go counterculture, we'd go Easy Rider. Easy Rider. Yeah, there we go, we did it. All of film from the 60s to now. I don't think there was anything before that, right? Sure, why not? Oh, uh, there was some kind of a citizen, but I think he had to use a cane to get around, so we're safe from I'm him. I'm also yeah, pretty cares? sure that's one of the most boring movies I've ever watched. I think I'm going to throw you out of a window. Are you? Yeah. Are you? I'm going every time I see those lists I'm like Casablanca number two what's wrong with you assholes what's I am, wrong I land somewhere in between you guys <laughs> I appreciate that it was a well made movie for the time but holy shit the first ten minutes where it's a dumb newsreel footage yeah. and the movie thinks it's a comedy for a second but yeah. it's wrong yeah Good. brutal uh, but anyways you know what do I know I'm just an asshole so I mean, next- we're all just a bunch of assholes when you get down to it wow right John, you just changed my whole perspective on life. Yeah. Would you like to invest in some of my Bitcoin? No. Do you have Dogecoin? I don't, but I have some weed coin. I'm oh, in. sweet. Can I use it to buy weed? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's between you and your god. Mm. Is that the Dennis Rodman one? Weed coin? No. What is his? Uh, weed coin is like Snoop Dogg's. Oh, nice. His would probably be Worm Coin, because he was the, the worm. worm. Yeah. That was his thing. Maybe. Uh, listeners, if you know what Dennis Robbins' <laughs> cryptocurrency is... Send me a thousand of them. <laughs> <laughs> now that's going to do it for this week's uh, Minnesota Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Bromley, I... and I'm waiting for my Rodman coins. <laughs> worm Coin. Worm Coins. We don't know <laughs> yet, you guys. Sure, they could be 10 coins, because that was his number with the Spurs and the could be the 91 coins that was his number with the Bulls could be the 73 coins that was his number with the uh, Lakers and I think the Mavericks if I remember correctly all of his numbers added up to 10 that was the whole thing Guys, I just looked it up. It's uh, Kim Jong-un coins. Yeah, I was about to say, it's going to be international peacemaker (laughs) coins Whoa Yeah Hey, they're the bad guys again are they? I thought we were fix it. We signed a whole bunch of new sanctions and designated them an enemy state. Oh, nice. Fantastic. So those, those peace talks went super good. Oh, well. Hey, just say your name so we can end this. John Rooney, let's get out of here. Bye. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley, John Rooney, and Mark Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. They're all good. And leave us a rating and review. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.